Oh, yeah, yeah, look who's snickering over there, mister. I, I can't do a suicide bombing because I'm sick. He had a, he had a note. He got you. He had a note from his doctor. He brought a note from his doctor. It's a suicide bombing. What are you... Okay, all right, okay, all right, here we go, here we go. This is get all serious now, okay. Death to... I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't... Oh, come on, now you're just trying to make... Hey, wait, 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 wait. Look, look, look at Robert Chicken, you know? I just, I just do, like, the whole tape with this in my hand, you know? Just totally, like, with the chicken right here, because everyone would be like, what, what the hell? What, what is... What is... Death to Americans! Just, just let him do it. Let him do the tape. Don't blame me, it was the chicken. It was the, he was One and all, welcome to another edition of Nick's Nonfiction. I'm your host, comic Nick Munez. This is a nighttime edition. We're changing up the pace. Maybe you guys got a couple drinks in you. I'm standing on a dim-lit stage over here. This show brings ideas that make you furrow your brow. Sometimes you go home questioning your own morality. This is a nest for all night hawks alike. Today is truly an idea that's going to put you into the thinker stance. We have Benjamin R. Barber, a war hawk, with his inflammatory topic, Jihad vs. Mick World. It is going to be a very thought-engaging challenge of democracy. <gasps> you can't say that, sacrilegious democracy. The god that failed us. Blasphemy. Are we on the side of the Iron Curtain that we originally thought? Iron Curtain would make a pretty decent name for a strip club. I bet none of you know the National Dance of Poland. It's the pole dance. (laughs) Total jihad comedy today. I am surpassing the gatekeepers. This is democracy, totally separate from capitalism. Break out the political compass. It's going to be totally pertinent to have the YouTube page open today. All of our mobile listeners, you are missing out. A dissection of political theory lies ahead. What if I told you, hypothetical for some healthy cognitive dissonance, Osama bin Laden, he won. Sure, we say we threw his body into an ocean, Obama's flexing in front of an American flag. His old cave mixtapes, remember bin Laden with his boys putting on the Groucho Marx fake glasses? Death to America, we are the infidel, you shall pay us in barrels of oil. He was just working on, he was making it to the big scene. And how did he win? In those original cave excerpts, his thesis was the way to destroy America like they did the USSR, the second ever biggest military power. You make the empire overextend itself. Isn't that what Han Solo and Chewbacca were up to? Beginning of time, it's been rebel versus imperialism and the middle east they've been at war for thousands tens of thousands of years osama been gangbanging <laughs> we're 24 trillion dollars in debt to china war debt i was born in 96 we have been occupying the middle east my entire life too much a grin we read america the farewell tour is going to be similar themes of what it looks like when an empire is corroded by corporatism and We're all on our smart devices ordering things to our house. We lost the war on terror. People are choosing to self-isolate in 10 by 10 rooms. Terror wins. It's that simple today. Totalitarianism versus sovereignty. Colonial multiculturalism. You'll learn something today as well. Let's do this about the author, Benjamin R. Barber. It's a quick one. 
born August 2nd, 1939, and he recently died in 2017. It's a healthy life. Lived through plenty of military action. He's an American political theorist and author. Obviously, born in New York City, was educated at Grinnell College, got his B.A. in 1960, and then went to Harvard, 1963 to 66, got his Ph.D. He's perhaps best known for his 1995 bestseller, Jihad vs. McWorld. Wikipedia also mentioned his 2013 book, If Mayors Ruled the World. He was ahead of the curve. We got to see 2020. Complete Machiavellianism. These people will talk about it plenty today. I will not be reading that book. I don't want to give Cuomo and Newsom more airtime than they need. Degenerates. He became Barber, a top-level international consultant on participatory democracy, as well as an advisor to (laughs) Bill Clinton, Howard Dean, and, this one fits in, Muammar Gaddafi. This guy's playing both sides of the field. He's Benedict Arnold. Not really, he didn't sell any trade secrets. This is a very informed read, balanced. He advised uh, political parties, political leaders in UK, Germany, Austria, Denmark, Finland, Italy. Gets into civic education, participatory institutions, a self-admitted communitarian. It's a dirty word. Break out your political compass again so you don't get lost. Communitarian is probably lib center. He thinks if you're going to be in a community, you should have to voluntarily be part of it. Not your mom giving you a social security number. What does that mean? At 18 years of age, the state could just come and repo, repossess your child. (laughs) My kids are going to be Bigfoot and the Yeti. No social security number. Off the grid. (laughs) Homeschooled. For Barber, his work examined the failure of nation states. We go all the way back to Greece today. Egypt, he argued that cities and inner city associations are more efficient at addressing communities' concerns than these vampires underground in Washington. Look up the cave systems they have. on It's insane. It's all public knowledge. And yes, there is a chapter called New World Disorder. So I'm going to totally spurg out, give some conspiracies to you in the later half of the book. So what do you say? Let's jump into this bad boy. Chapter one is called Fall of the West. Ice water tonight. Just deep-throated an icicle. Gonna pretend it's a high ball of whiskey. I'm drinking out there with you. I put these videos out at 9 a.m. <laughs> Get drunk at work on a Tuesday. Chapter one, Fall of the West. He starts off quoting the Gillette chairman, which we have in the bio. This guy says, I do not find foreign countries foreign. He even said another quote, Our customers are not citizens, but a parochial plan to find new customers. Tech elites, they look at you as a social network, a way to spread other products. We have the most powerful computers in the history of man. We're using them to sell shit to each other. Multinational CEOs, tech wizards. Point of the intro here is that they are on a global stage. They have surpassed nationalism. Google is big in the entire world. Twitter, you can cancel the president. The author said when McDonald's started surpassing 20 million customers globally a day everyone was like this is the new model domino's pizza by 1991 they earned enough revenue to surpass the collective governments of senegal uganda and bolivia ditch the tamales guys you gotta start selling mini pizzas ralph Lauren is bigger than poland (laughs) how many poles does it take to beat polo 
Well, we don't know yet, but now I know that two Polish jokes in five minutes is overkill. All of these tech platforms, even pizza is bigger than the president. (laughs) You might not have noticed, but, you know, the fall of the West, it comes through corporate corrosion. It's not going to be one Caligulus, some ruler that totally fucks up in public. There are too many handlers at this point. The play, the show, it's well calculated. You got to enjoy it. Chomsky's book covered this when we went over. That's a private episode. Go check out the Patreon. We go deep there. (laughs) Obviously, my voice doesn't go deep. (laughs) Chomsky book. It was uh, talking about NAFTA, and that was the 90s trade deal that said that 50% of car parts now have to be made overseas. Why? (laughs) I mean fuck American workers, they're just getting cheaper labor. They don't have to adhere to child labor laws in the Philippines. Had nothing to do with helping people of different ethnic identities. <laughs> you know, when they were doing all this outsourcing in the 90s even, there wasn't the PC culture. That was just to distract us from Wall Street. Touch on that later. The author said humorously, the only thing American about Ford is mass production. <laughs> Mick Cars. NAFTA, same thing happened in 1974 in that Chomsky book. It's like the Frayer Trade Act, and Chomsky's like, how does this benefit anybody? you got to brag about it. If this is a 4,000-page bill, there's got to be 4,000 ways that this is helping the taxpayer. There's a million ways to fuck you till Tuesday. Is that a saying? That should be the tagline for the show. Barber detailed here in the middle point of the chapter that the fall grows faster with these virtual information networks. It's a global economy now. There is no need to have to go through your government. Why is Twitter so big? It's just a message board. How come it's trading at $60 a share? We could just make another one, right? Well, what we learned over the past year, if you're Gab, if you're Parler, no, you're not allowed to make another one. (laughs) Twitter is subsidized by the federal government they pick and choose the winners it's not totally a free gladiatorial arena for us to do the marketplace of ideas barber's idea was to downsize global market strategy but it's probably too late for that (laughs) france has had a growing unemployment rate they're up to 11 percent now they're post Bastille storming era. They've been rioting. The cops are on the side of the protesters. Now we're just a couple years behind France is my point in this digital takeover. I bet after Biden comes some like young Macron guy with a really good mask, not some kid touching 80 year old. The real reason that nobody is attempting to downsize their government is because they're working with the corporations. Plato called that oligarchy. We just call it democracy now. Words don't have meaning. He says, of course, nations have tariffs on one another. It's seemingly for our different economic policies. However, how come our alternate nations, us and Russia, are able to come together when it's time for bailouts, wage restraints, embargoes? price-fixing schemes, (laughs) like take someone from the 1920s, transport them to today, they'll be like, this um, Musk fellow is looking a bit like a Carnegie. Have you ever heard the story of Rockefeller? Oh, yes, we actually have a capitalist memoriam (laughs) where we sacrifice nature, the Christmas tree at the Rockefeller Center. You need to see our altars to capitalism. We've totally embraced this. Our people from the past would be like, you just call this... (laughs) a free market there are monopolies everywhere he says last part of the chapter 
our chance to recalibrate the racket is thinning by the minute. Like, we could still turn our computers off. We could stop with the global chain of command, start ordering locally before everybody's totally squeezed out. He said the best way to get back to a uh, human-based economy rather than robots is taking back control of animal and vegetable resources, like hard resources. <laughs> How could Bill Gates owns half of the farmland now? I'm trying to say this guy is um, going to take control of those resources eventually. It's a slow play. They have endless generations of money. They're probably going to frack that land, snag those minerals around the globe. And this is Mick World, so how come the Marines are in Somalia right now? Rare earth minerals off the coast of Africa. There is no constitutional vote on these wars. Joe Biden passed 25 executive actions in the first week. That's some dictatorship. Amazon factory is the best example of, like the future workforce <laughs> you got to read the accounts of people outline that work there they have these little palm pilot devices and it mandates your whole life they're going your time on task is low you're about to get fired if you don't execute five more actions this minute get two more people teens posters it's all pointless shit just let the robots do it <laughs> americans are useless we can't even work at a friggin <laughs> you see how they do like 10-hour shifts, work for 20 hours a day over in China, put the nets up so they jump out. I don't think even if we did find a gold mine, no Americans are rushing to go down and get the black lung. <laughs> Everyone's crying about fracking. It's the only way we're independent. He ended the chapter on, we'd be totally at the will of these little cartels if we didn't frack some jihadism and standard oil. These guys over in the Middle East, the pajama-wearing ninjas, 21st century ninjas with AKs, they have uh, 41,000 barrels of natural oil a day coming in. U.S. considers all these radical regimes just so that we could fight them and take their stuff. They have 69% of the world's natural reserves of oil. That's enough to leverage the West to destroy itself. Let's move along chapter two, get some more of this rise of the east be a quicker chapter because this was basically the hundred year marathon book the west has fallen somebody else has got to fill the power vacuum the american century is over barbara says we refer to our dead cities as the rust belt and since we stopped making cars and <laughs> steel american steel was what helped win world war ii british intel russian lives we don't make it anymore. Now China refers to our country as the rust bucket. It's a duality. Somebody gets to be the crusty crab, and now we're the chum bucket. <laughs> the Orient. The over there, they used to refer to China as the poor man of Asia. And they're ready for a new reputation, man. The hundred years, they're 2040. They say they're taking it back. Agenda 2030 would suggest otherwise. We need uh, another Rocky movie. Rocky 7. The Boxer Rebellion. <laughs> It'll be super meta. A propaganda film he knows he's in a movie where a white guy has superior martial arts than an Asian. Improbable. <laughs> You're not supposed to be able to get nuked and then be making better cars than us in 20 years. Talking about Asia in general. Rise of the East. If you're going to be an insurgent in the Middle East, you better have a Toyota Tacoma. 
you got to watch more of these videos. I did my research. They put 50 cows in the bed of those trucks. The future American <laughs> homegrown terrorist is going to have a Tesla truck with a friggin' rail gun in the back. Not just China, but Japan, the whole Pacific Rim, the Koreas, Taiwan, Singapore. They have surpassed our allies in manufacturing. So Germany and France are also just sitting around lounging, getting hooked on the Queen's... What is that other one? Royalty? I don't know. People are getting re-obsessed with old <laughs> Queen's now. Retro propaganda works in the future. <laughs> we need some new allies, man. <laughs> Let's look into drafting those, like, failed block countries. All those are Lithuania, Ukraine. These guys are chaotic neutral. They failed to um, the USSR. They've seen that side of it, and they're like, we don't want socialism again. Their municipalities are just like, these people are ungovernable. You gotta watch these videos of all the Slavic kids climb on government buildings, do whatever you want. <laughs> these people need a strong American leader. We could galvanize them. Trying to draft us some new uh, Barbados. Do we got the Cayman Islands? We store a lot of money there. Just throw a lot of AA guns on top of it. Let's get back to that Trade Act in 1974. It ended American muscle car dominance. 50% of metal had to be made overseas. And this made video equipment, telephones, appliances, cameras, radios. Even Mexico was making more than the U.S. by the 1970s. We just fucking... I don't know, I guess we got the good deal to be born in America, you get to be the fat consumer, you gotta look at like how much waste we produce compared to the rest of the world. Joseph Nye, Barber called the top journalist on hard power, and he wrote about how we don't even manufacture our own ammo. That's fucking terrifying. Do you want to lose a war? I watched a video where it's abandoned now, the biggest ammo plant it was in the world, and there's these giant silos five stories tall, and it's just a funnel. And it all comes down to the head of a whatever building is, a different caliber, giant silo. Imagine how explosive these buildings were full of gunpowder. <laughs> we're not making metal. We're not making anything. 1970s, our allies started selling us out. <laughs> like inflation was the highest in America it's ever been. And France, those froggy, fishy, wavery assholes... They said, we want to cash in. We do not like U.S. dollar anymore. Give us back our gold. And we said, uh, rain check, you get more U.S. dollars. Like, France was helping us a little bit in Vietnam, and they saw us take a legendary L. And they were like, <laughs> we want out of the racket, give us our gold back. We said no, and everyone kind of saw from there. People started to factionalize more. Iran was like, no, we will never bend the knee to the West. Rise of the East chapter, Barber said chemical companies like DuPont, Johnson & Johnson, and Coke outsourced during this time i think we have a fact later coke is like 80 percent of their sales come from overseas it's not even an american company tire companies had a 43 percent increase just from relocating you can't blame the businesses obviously your thing is money it's the business of money you have to blame the government because they're allowing these trade laws to benefit people overseas rather than their own constituents we used to have real garment infrastructures. We need more broads <laughs> burning in the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory. Ralph Lauren, I used to read up on that story. He came over from Italy. He started the Brooks Brothers. Rags to riches by the 90s. Now Nike and Rawling 
chopping child's fingers off overseas. Barbara said Disney's opening in Shanghai, Hong Kong, Tokyo represented the total symbiosis of Mick World. Let's talk about some of this culture here. Chapter 3, Hollywood Service. We are a service economy at this point. We don't produce anything. We have no goods. Our biggest export is our TV, our culture. We project this Hollywood veneer of perfect service onto the rest of the world. Think about it. Nobody else in the world tips. <laughs> That's a totally American thing. We have this fake happiness that we are known for. I ran into some Russians. Irrelevant. What are Russians known for? Being really rude when they travel. Our international view used to be cowboy. Don't fuck around with an American. Now it's Kardashian where the feminized go hook up with an American girl at a hostel. That's what we're known for. <laughs> he started talking about the Walkman was a big culture changer. They made music, which used to be the most social drum circle bonding thing between people to a solitary experience. And this started over in the Orient. Sony, Toshiba, their products made people more solitary, but also really good with their hands. Those people are gaming like gods over there. And isn't it funny that with these iPods now, it has the most customizability in the world. You can put any songs on it, but we all have the same top 40. Talk about solitary culture. He did talk about gaming a little bit, and this was the 90s. Stole a decent amount of my youth. He says China loves it, and they've been bred their whole culture. They got the fast Twitch fibers in their thumbs. Asians, they would bury Twitch streamers. And to the point of Hollywood bubbliness twitch people aren't the best video gamers they're making more money than youtubers but it's because half of them have their tits out if you put one of those top streamers in an asian server they would get <laughs> someone would be fortnite dancing on their corpse the entire time nobody would tune in and you do realize that the biggest people on those platforms now i tuned in when it was in its heyday just to i want to see how this money works and why they're making more over there this guy, Dr. Disrespect, he got unpersoned because he started talking about David Icke books, <laughs> that super whack conspiracy theorist, but he had a audience of 40,000 every single night. He's filling a stadium every night. That's immense amounts of power for some kid in San Diego to have. They talked about Asian um, ministry of culture, like 1984, straight up. They just have a ministry of truth over there. And Rise of the East, they don't need this individualism that we have with American independent media. And that is slowly being phased out. We are becoming more like the East. They are not becoming more democratic like we were led to believe in the 90s. Middle part of the chapter moved it to Japan, listed as per capita the most revered service industry. People say you walk around the streets there, there's no litter. Japan, they perfected Starbucks. They have the most lucrative ones in the world. I guess it's not that hard. Just got to kick the hobos out of the lobby. People used to think that it was capitalism that controls the political institutions and the elite. You know, the bankers, when it's really the culture. The tech has more of a say over... I don't know, man. It's Barbara's idea. Culture has more of a say than money over... The way we're going. Dude, they do say politics is downstream from culture. Cited Steven Spielberg. <laughs> Spielberg, he did probably steal some of those ideas. 
links to intelligence. He told the story of Star Wars. It's not that creative. I just finally watched Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That has so much more insight onto life, artificial intelligence, the end of Apocalypse. What the hell is Star Wars? <sighs> that was my Wookiee. It kind of sounds like a Jihad War screech. This was a movie made for furries in the 70s. Steelberg was ahead of the curve. <laughs> Columbia, their parent company is Sony. So he started getting into the weeds. We could see it clear as day today that our Hollywood is completely subordinate to China. All of our movies are CGI action movies. As long as there's an explosion every five seconds, it keeps your attention. Where's the culture, man? <laughs> they turned us from cowboy to cuck. Every single movie now, it's a trans minority superhero. The global market relies heavily on maintenance of the information subsector. You gotta control the information. It's a war of information. An info war. He said, um, think about the power of Bollywood, even. You don't think about the reality of India. I've had friends that have went there. They're like, never again. I had uh, nose plugs in the whole time. It's serfs living in shit. And Bollywood, you think it's middle-class families dancing around. And that's exactly what our media does. He went deep on like the paradigm it creates of the Anglo upper culture and then the lower culture. It's just reinforcing. <laughs> You're not allowed to get rich. What did we say before? You're not allowed to... Can't transcend economic classes. Did you learn that, Wall Street bets? Stay in your caste. You were born and shall die and untouchable. <laughs> it's obvious. You gotta censor to be a successful tyrant. <laughs> the biggest shift in the media is happening right now as well. Movies are awful, I said. Uh, China owns the NBA, so like our sports, all of the bread and circuses is being moved to the east. Bezos, <laughs> this guy quits to go run the Washington Post. Men like that don't have an off switch. I am scared to see what he's going to do with our media. Let's end it on an MLK. He said the most dangerous threat to American citizens is the United States government. It's everybody. It's your own government. You got to put your Hoffman glasses on to be able to look through the Hollywood veneer of the media. Let's go to chapter four, TV and theme parking. This one uses MTV as a big example, not just TV in general, but TV is evil. Film might be the preferred software to get a point across. I talked about Tenet a couple weeks ago, big undertones in these blockbusters. Television, tell a vision to your subject. People go real deep on this. It's the preferred medium, and the medium is the message. TV is a ceaseless, perfect addiction machine. Noisy, soul, ad, cold open, intro. They ha it's like programmed out to the minute. We used to look at Nielsen ratings and their breakdowns in my media classes. This shit, it's called programming. It's not called scheduling. They're programming your life. I've been noticing. I know I'm a paranoid guy. If you skip forward five seconds on a YouTube video, they will give you a five-second ad. It's like blocking out certain amounts of your time. Let me ground this rant a little bit. He said, The programming schedule is built to reinforce the idea of the Anglophilic class and the lower culture. He talked about Rupert Murdoch purchased Hong Kong-based Star Satellite Network. And so now he owns all of their 
action figures like all of the Hollywood elite in China, and it only cost him half a billion dollars. If you're a geopolitical player, that's the best half a billion of... <laughs> that's nothing to this guy. Great use of money. Rupert Murdoch now owns like the Daily Wire and Reuters. He owns both sides of the political spectrum. It only was 1981 when MTV was talking to Viacom and within five years they merged with Paramount. So then 1993, MTV was pulling 60 million U.S. viewers and 200 million abroad. Last chapter, our biggest export is our culture. And briefly, it was our music, and then they started licensing the name to caption translators, and there was like, MTV Malaysia, let's start making shanties about the government on the top of the hour, you gotta stand up for the pledge. He said this licensing just made the record companies' jobs a whole lot easier, all working in tandem together. Did you guys see? It's hard to believe this thing is real, but Time Magazine was like, how the hidden cabal direct quote, was able to influence the 2020 election in the right direction. It's like, they're not even fucking... Conspiracy is mainstream now. I gotta take it a level above, because it's not that hard to catch on to what's happening. He's saying the music industry is all working with the MTV. Music is the most corrupt thing ever with fucking... You could be a jihad comedian. You cannot, to a certain level, be some guy with an acoustic guitar and get on... He said in 1995, Sinclair Media, Rupert Murdoch's hegemony, showed MTV to every country except the entire continent of Africa and then the late 90s Eastern Bloc countries got MTV. Their whole citizens campaign forums were like, get this shit out of our country. We have seen socialized music. <laughs> we don't need any of this. But I'm saying these are our allies. Those guys over there critical thinkers drinking vodka sounds like a good time mtv successfully boxed in viewers for long periods of time and if you watched the social dilemma studies have been done a lot <laughs> the entire aim of these platforms is to hook you in longer 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 see if they could get you addicted to a better algorithm it's like a new level those reels and then they have that, like, Snapchat news page. If you're getting your news <laughs> from Instagram, God bless your soul. There's got to be, you got to look for the sheepdog. There are wolves out here that are going to lie to you, dress up like a sheep while their fucking fangs are watering. There are independent people that you got to search out. I don't need to tell you twice. He cited the FCC limits on broadcast spectra maintenance done whole shows on this with too many free voices the totalitarian loses control of the narrative so fcc they gotta trim the spectra fake news era they are learning now because they're always a step ahead you gotta flood the internet all of the forums with fake news and then after that time article it was like nine hours later <laughs> they ran a piece that said why conspiracies since the beginning of time are inaccurate and there was like a picture of the Egyptians all holding up the pharaohs like it's gaslighting I think is the term for it nowadays they put both sides out contradicting themselves within 12 hours about the biggest fraud that you're living through I did this chapter 
on the omnipotent TV narrative. It's blaring in the background of your life. You cannot escape it. You go to the bus stop, the airport, the gym, and Anderson Cooper is staring at you with his beautiful blue eyes. (laughs) That guy, first-generation sex robot. How is he so ripped? CNN, they say that their um, ratings are also high because they require government buildings to have CNN on. He says the implementation of characters to real-world locations is peak escapism. So they're able to blend your reality with this crap. Like when I turn off the microphone, I hiked Mallory Cave today. I was up in the hills of Boulder. Do not think about this shit. Like those people in Washington will never affect your life. You can live a beautiful life not thinking about this once. Would you know the virus existed if there wasn't a zeitgeist going around? You had a community that didn't watch. All of this has been um, blurring the lines of what matters, you know, home, family, friends with (laughs) the massive agenda. And think about work from home. This has fucking pwned. It has chokeslammed boomers into dementia. I have to put on the tie Monday morning. I'm not a slacker. But all them working from home are losing their mind. Doesn't matter where you are, bro. You're getting the paycheck. The antidote to all this shit. We got to turn off the screens. Turn off Mick World. It's the end of this first part of the book. We're going to get more geopolitical talk about actual terrorists. He said, uh, you know, there's Disney. There's I went to Dorney Park growing up in Pennsylvania. It's uh, peanuts. Like Snoopy is everywhere. I still love that shit. I put gifs of Snoopy in every show. That's like uh, my artist calling card. It's the hidden signature. Art's supposed to make you think this is a difficult chapter. People weren't aware there were pedophilia islands in the 90s. So it was much easier to escape. You really got to draw the lines. Be disciplined about getting lost on a conspiracy forum at 3 a.m. Heed my warnings. Chapter 5, Jihadism in the Pacific Rim. In the second half of the book here, gonna get some water. Now that the East has risen, they're gonna have a pest problem of their own, right? Always, the cost of empire is terrorism. It's two sides of the same coin. They can't exist without each other. The enemy of the Eastern imperialists, the China hegemony, is also the Muslims. Yeah, we're going to the Ugir genocide this chapter. Think about how we were able to pay Al-Qaeda to fight the Russians. They destroyed the USSR. Just like how Vietnamese rice farmers beat America. Are we really that almighty? Al-Qaeda beat Afghanistan. (laughs) We fought them then. Fought, I'm doing CIA quotations. Throughout the early OOs, that was our excuse to invade Iraq. And now, we are funding them again. I don't know if you guys saw this, but it's to fight some Turkish Shiite group. It's insane that nobody keeps up to date on this shit, because every 10 years they just label these groups as different things. It was if you told someone who was fighting the first gold war that your tax dollars would be going to Al-Qaeda, they'd fucking shoot you. You know, some green beret. I would love to see these guys choke out these fucking war hawks. <laughs> Think about how many days, 40 years Joe Biden has been in office, and how many of those years have we been at war? These people have blood on their hands. 
you got to cycle those people out a little more often. The goal of jihadism is always going to be destroying the imperialists. Like, look at the cover of the book. It is hilarious. It is a Muslim lady drinking a Coca-Cola. So some fucking terrorist comes home to his wife. Oh, invasion did not go well today. How do you do a <laughs> Bahood accent? Is that a Coca-Cola, sweetie? That is our enemy. How are you supporting the Coke brothers? I was about to go kamikaze a Pepsi plant. Most people on both sides don't even understand the paradigm. The rebels will always be used. They're just like uh, mercenaries. You could pay them to do whatever. <laughs> pay them to trick your own people. I don't stand for jihadism. I'm not here to denounce America today. That fucking line about ISIS in the bio is a joke. <laughs> Hopefully we all understood that. Jihadism is the bad one. That's where they're like, eh, fuck it, strap a bomb to the kid. Put him out in the street for the convoy. <laughs> they have no morals. I need to see like an Amish group of people that stand for... No, we don't want a chip placed in our head. Like, that's going to be, if you want to fly American Air, you need a QR code also. The the Amish people are going to save us all, man. Imperialists consider jihadis the infidel, while they consider us the infidel. It's <laughs> We need each other, man. Rocky's got to have Apollo Creed to fight. The scary part here is, though, China is dealing with the problem better than we have i guess we've been using it to enrich ourselves so we're a little bit more clever <laughs> but china's just like burn them put them in the work camps they have over three million women and children killed and you have to see the drone footage this might be like spy satellite footage that they're just putting out on the internet saying someone captured it because how who the fuck is <laughs> taking that risk you too will be have your head shaved the men are put into the re-education camps. At least we give them a fair fight. We arm them with M5s through a Saudi Arabian $300 million deal before we fight them. China's fighting dirty. Deng Xiaoping was the diplomat that met with all the oil royalty, and he's quoted telling them, keep your mouth shut in China, and I will let you guys get rich. So if you speak out, if you do make a video in a cave... <laughs> talking about the true behind the scenes the theory of how we have to do Iron Sheik versus Hulk Hogan this is WWE LARPing until you break the fourth wall and then we send Zero Dark Thirty after you Seal Team 6 <laughs> shouldn't have made that cave tape buddy keep your mouth shut I'd be scared of Deng Xiaoping guy will personally harvest your liver the enemy of the enemy is my friend. That could summarize the whole chapter. Us and the Chinese look identical to the Muslims. We're just a couple wardrobe-beaten greed monsters. You see Biden. He's trying to implement a reality czar. I touched upon before. China has a ministry of culture. I, Dude, what do I do in my life? if there? It's just going to be easy to mock. That'll be fun when there is a reality czar. Coca-Cola in China declared an advertisement war on Indonesian tea culture. <laughs> so it's um, not just like governments trying to take away rights one by one, but Coca-Cola is taking away every other beverage. Eventually water is going to be brawny. You're going to be drinking Gatorade from your showering in oil. 
isn't that wild in Indonesia Coca-Cola was like <laughs> you guys have made your entire culture about tea that's not you guys anymore you like soft drinks <laughs> what is it uh, America we got Japan hooked on coffee caffeine they used to drink oolong tea and now they're on coffee with all that Starbucks jihadism doesn't necessarily mean suicide bombing the Pepsi plant it can just be as subtle as brewing your own tea hipsters are probably <laughs> the original jihadi warriors if you're a brewmaster at a micro distillery you are on <laughs> the domestic terrorist list the Pacific Rim countries have upheld a culture of radical intolerance toward independent media. That's the government mission statement. No independent thought. All NPR tiny desk concerts must be postponed into the state mantra repetition hour. <laughs> Some Filipino broadcasters there caught rallying behind uh, ham radios and they get sent to China to be re-educated. I never understood the uh, like boiling point of amity. Here we are in the jihadism chapter. Those people must be pretty angry to take up arms. I was at a fucking protest. You see how hair trigger that could turn into a riot. It really gave me some perspective. Literally a boot on somebody's neck saying I can't breathe is not enough symbolism to wake people up to what has been happening this entire year. I know this guy was a porn star who was literally on crack and actually he counterfeited money. George Floyd, fuck that guy. He devalued my labor. <laughs> it's uh, There are two sides to the story, but you would think a literal boot on the neck would wake people up more than Epstein, a child pedophile island. You know that got some people. The election woke some people up. There is a boiling point. Uh, we've read Fear and Loathing there. Hunter S. Thompson called it the wave. We've seen, like, the hippie movement, the wave almost crested. And tens of thousands of years, these jihadis have been making back networks of militias. You're not gonna... It's hubristic to think the our generals could go over there and steamroll it. Just like it's full of piety that our government thinks that we are going to argue about race and trans bathrooms forever people are eventually going to fucking wake up baby and then there's just um it's like a boiling pot of water sure 2008 you saw one of the bubbles rise to the surface and then they implemented pc culture and now you're seeing 2020 with the wall street thing there are more bubbles underneath the surface the water is going to eventually hit a boil it's very interesting this it's a duality man the like me I'm probably on the political compass if you're going to throw a dart at me. I would land libertarian right. Like, start your free markets. If I'm not going to explain the whole thing to you right now. But the point is, <laughs> all authoritarian regimes end the same. Doesn't matter if you are Republican, government. I just love Jesus. And I just love... That leads to Mussolini fascism. You will rally behind a dumbass leader. And then it's obvious on the left these people are literal communists. That led to a bigger genocide than Hitler. He was off right. At some point, me and the fucking femboys and e-girls in cat ears, I'm going to have to lend them a couple guns so that we fight the fucking authoritarians. Everybody bands together at a certain point. He quoted some jihadi doctrine for us. He says, democracy negates the free will of our ancestors. 
It's not a perfect quote. <laughs> I mean, who cares what dead people think? You guys had your shot. It's true. It's like, what did the, all those guys... We don't give a fuck about what the Founding Fathers said. We are in techno-fascism. That's more accurate than democracy, as we started. <laughs> but why try with words? We learned in the 100-year marathon China had been buying up old Soviets. These heads are interchangeable. We <laughs> drafted Nazis through Operation Paperclip. It is... At a certain point, the Amish people and ISIS are going to be linked arm in arm. Vladimir Zahirsovsky was like the guy who was super known for um, squashing Muslim insurgents for China. Pacific Rim, they're working together against their jihadi issue. Let's go along to Chapter 6, New World Disorder. It's a juicy one. Put on your tinfoil hats. We've graced upon uh, capitalism and democracy a bit today. These are entirely separate institutions. You can run them mutually exclusive. <laughs> and they're honestly quite opposite. Capitalism markets in rich people. It's just a function to trade with one another with a backed currency. And democracy is a redistribution mechanism. Yin and yang, you gotta love it. But is do we have elected representatives anymore? Obama, he repealed habeas corpus. That is, due trial is not allowed if they think you're a domestic terrorist. We don't really have rights. He also repealed the Smith-Munt Act, which was passed in the 50s. There were some activists that were like, can we stop with the propaganda? The world wars are over. Obama repealed that, so the state is allowed to make propaganda against its own people now. Obama, he also did, uh, he sowed all the soil for this censorship. <laughs> he, like, was the king of entrapment. The FBI was running amok under Obama. Let's picture it. You work for the FBI, okay? You find this, uh, young radicalized kid in the Middle East. He has a social media page, and he, from time to time, retweets something from ISIS, so with your unlimited budget, you make a fake ISIS account with thousands of followers and you start messaging him. Hey, kid, you got potential. Your forefathers would love to see you pick up an AK and fight the American pigs. There's a faction nearby. Come on out. <laughs> and this is you in Langley, Virginia. You pitch to this guy the tenets of jihadism. He loves it. You tell him, look at what the Americans did. They overthrew our duly elected presidents. Gaddafi, fucking Saddam Hussein, these people are destroying our institutions <laughs> and they use blowback they dropped a moab on us so smart man you are a great fbi agent obama killed your dad then you coordinate a weapons drop to this kid you give him a couple pipe bombs and a couple duds a couple months later the boston marathon's coming up <laughs> and so you pretend to be the head of isis and you tell him this is your time son the day of the attack as the FBI agent, you get to show up in a Superman cape and recover your duds. FBI saved the day by farming this terrorist. <laughs> Form to table FBI insurgents. New world disorder. And all of that shit is protected. They don't have to tell you they're a cop. You are headed to Guantanamo Bay for jaywalking. The current defectors... They're calling Wall Street players. <laughs> like we said, you're not allowed to jump up economic classes. There's a lot of the opportunity pathways are priced out to the dollar. 
I don't know through the 70s, <laughs> 90s, today. So I guess I do understand. Just nobody's paying attention the way that corporatism has taken over, bought out all of our institutions. He also talked about the Chinese dynasties and their tactic of divide and conquer has been in place since 400 BC. They had that period of the warring states. Controlled chaos is a better form of control than perceived utopia. You know, it's easy to point out inconsistencies. My unlimited money tree hasn't been growing. Why is this wrong? But if there is Antifa versus Trump in the streets, well, that makes sense that my stimulus check didn't come in. It's chaos. No, these people just printed $4 trillion, gave it to banks. There's so many good, uh, the hand of distraction, misdirection. Master magicians are around us. The GATT is a subsection of the World Trade Organization. They supervise 200 million child laborers. <laughs> so, like, they're working in the U.S. too. They see the child labor laws here. This is a super government, the GATT. And, of course, the World Trade Organization. We went deep on them in the Chomsky book. They are not beholden to any Geneva Convention. <laughs> they make their own laws. When has an unlimited bank account and judicial impunity led to a righteous use of power? It's super irresponsible, the global government. <laughs> I hate that. Just having that come out of my mouth gives me the chills. They got power to entrench people in a lower class culture. Like we said with the 74 Trade Act, they decide who is going to what generations of people will work in factories. It is an inorganic flow of goods, man, locally sourced to decentralize. Barber said the kids in Pakistan make Indian clothes for 20 cents a day. India and Pakistan, they're the original Israel versus Palestine. They're throwing rocks over the border. They hate each other, but the governments work together to keep the masses poor there. <laughs> they're selling scraps to each other. You guys got to go look at the Indian farmer protest right now. It's the biggest protest in human history. They are at their boiling point. Can't turn the burner off now. Inorganic farming is going to piss off a lot of fucking land workers over there. Bill Gates owns most of our farmland. I just said he's fucking been caught red-handed doing his trial vaccinations in India. <laughs> They're not putting up with Billy anymore over there. We got to pie him. Oh, New World Disorder chapter. This is like the background on my phone. I've been watching this video 10 times a day. Bill Gates gets hit with not one, but two pies in the Netherlands. <laughs> as socialist as a country they are, they, Bill Gates went over to make a speech in the 90s and there's a video of it. It's beautiful, man. Just people running up throwing pies in this fucking billionaire scumbag's face. Block out the sun? How about we block out your glasses? We're making smart cities of vertical farming <laughs> so people could eat gruel and die. As I said with uh, FBI entrapment, we learned with the war on drugs how the CIA shipped inner cities coke and then set up the private prisons to put them at work for pennies on the dollar. If you're a super world government, you know how to breed your own terrorists and keep people entertained in the 90s culturally how like black people got destabilized they were just wearing baggy pants and now they're filling up every cell block in Compton now white people I know it's 
Check your privilege, white fragility. 30% of white people, well, are overweight and are hooked on opiates. They are also a huge percentage of nonviolent drug arrests. It's, uh, it'll change. Asians are next. Stay in school. The quote that follows this is, Community creates tolerance. Intolerance to all of these things, to smart farming networks, tolerance to drugs, tolerance to reckless sexual ideas. <laughs> I'm 16, I will take hormone blockers and cut off my cock. Community gives tolerance to shootings. I look at pictures of Russian kids with miniguns walking into school. My dad tells me stories, kids used to go into school with their M1s. There's a sense of community. You don't want to be the kid that shoots up the school, but now it's kind of trendy. How are you going to do that over Zoom? <laughs> I get Victor LeBeau. He was a post-war U.S. intel guy tasked with incentivizing our hurting economy. So it's not like community. This is after the war. We need to band together local business. He's like, everybody gets a free Sears catalog. <laughs> Where do... Where do all those uh, grocery uh, ads come from in the mail? I've never signed up for one of these. How do they know where I live? It's like IRL spam. Mom, the internet is coming to life. Why are there ads in the mail? <laughs> Victor LeBeau, he was taking up the George Bush after 9-11. We need a strong American consumer only thing we're good for. They don't need us to go fight a war. That blows our cover now. There's not going to be another world war. He's like, we need you to go buy shit. Controlled chaos. They don't want fucking warrior men. People that are nationalistic, care about their country and their community. This is a new era of Wally people. That is how to keep a empire going. Rome figured it out. The love movement was uh, the antidote to that LeBeau squad of pushing consumerism onto people in the 70s, single moms are even a more vulnerable position. Brought up the GATT again and how they have the ability to threaten to close domestic markets <laughs> and seize all assets. If we were playing a shitty game of like, you get to choose one superpower, but it's only in the realm of business, this is it. Close domestic markets and seize all assets. You could just Abracadabra, I own your country. All of your assets are mine. Cops do this with civil asset forfeiture. If they arrest you and you are found not guilty, they still can consider your possessions at the time contraband. And the GAT, these super governments, do this to entire nations. I don't know, man. We could sit around and talk about the fucking corrupt World Health Organization <laughs> telling people to wear 69 masks. We've totally lost it. Our last chapter is more so about patriotism, but why are we letting this world government dictate when our local business can be closed in a free country? It's not even a thing anymore. The American flag is racist. What happened to this is a free country? You probably get me too'd if you say that in public. You guys know I could riff on a chapter called New World Disorder for an hour. Global conglomerates. It is quite the worthy adversary to the 2020 skeptic with all of our resources and connections to one another. Eventful times. This will take us to chapter 7. Berlin bureaucrats. 
is going to give us a little history before we end it on a crescendo. I'm going to hit this pen. This chapter is a quicker one, too. We have a book coming soon called Inside Putin's Russia. All about Putin and all about the country while he was there. When Putin was coming up in the KGB, their CIA, he ran shit for the Russians in Berlin after World War II. This has got to be one of the most eventful places in history ever. Spies, politicians just crawling around. I like that Stalin quote. Never want to quote somebody who started a genocide. He said there are decades where nothing happens and years where decades happen. I mean, like the 2020s are shaping up to be one of these periods where things are getting shaken up. And as I said, Berlin. What was that place in Austria? It might have been. There was a cafe and it was in the 30s. Hitler, Mussolini and Stalin would be in there at the same time. Imagine that. It's still open. There are videos of that online. Solzhenitsyn wrote heavily about the shock therapy that Russia underwent while democratizing. I read the shock doctrine, Naomi Klein, and big world events are the time to implement plans. So Russia was an oligarchy since the 90s. Yeltsin and Gorbachev were in bed with Pizza Hut. We needed these bank bailouts and big... 9-11 in America, where we could really start implementing a Patriot Act. Now in a free country, we could spy on you. You gotta beware. Stay vigilant on this crazy shit. Solzhenitsyn, one of the smartest writers ever. That's the one who authored the Gulag Archipelagio. He knew the socialist side, the punishment and suffering was their old religion. And in the West, consumerism is our religion. For real, you get more excited when an Amazon package is coming than to go to church. That is most people. It is a scary post-Nietzschean, the death of God country. Solzhenitsyn was talking about economic shock. Same exact phraseology that Barber wrote about Goldman Sachs and the Hoover Institution in the 1990s. They used economic shock tactics to reshape the housing market. Again, they do this all the time. Rent always goes up. <laughs> you hear from old people, they paid a fucking nickel. In Berlin, there was a metric fuck ton of fuckery with the reparations. <laughs> like, we didn't learn the lesson in World War One, where we reparated Germany into oblivion with a... <laughs> you can never keep another dollar. Everybody gets everything yours. That'll be a great tax implementation with American races. <laughs> reparations created the Nazis. It's when you're most vulnerable that the scavengers are able to pick apart the institutions. And who are the scavengers? There has been black nobility since the Roman Empire. Very wealthy families who run shit. It's a big club and you ain't in it, George Carlin said. These are the networks that Barber was talking about before. We've been doing this for 6,000 years, son. Jesus preached about the Roman economic shock. Caesar Augustus decrees all the world shall be taxed. Fuck you, buddy. Can we not for a century? <laughs> Let's just try to not take the consumer's money. You want to fucking do some trickle-down, stimulate the economy? Let people keep their money. Sure, 
Let's uh, try robot rulers. That's the answer, right, guys? <laughs> Who's going to program the robots? These fucking psychopaths. Berlin was a political bloodbath. It's been never done that quick before. People just chewed up and spit out all of Germany. It's still like East Berlin, West Berlin. Angela Merkel is <laughs> the same software as Hillary Clinton bought. Stalin is quoted saying, I may have to shoot 100,000 people, but the 300 million others will live peacefully. That is a genocidal mindset. This is... Remember uh, Psychology 101? The trolley experiment? There's a train coming down the tracks. There's a one lady tied to it on one, but the track is going over three people tied to it on the other side. Do you switch the track to the one lady? And then your teacher is like, you see, the good people switched it because they have a superhero complex and want to save the girl. And the and the nihilists let all three people get run over. You know what a real therapist would tell you? Walk away. You don't need blood on your hands, Stalin. Well, maybe I'll shoot a couple hundred thousand people, but if, you know, other 300 million people will be brainwashed then. This is an antisocial psychotic mindset. These are the people who rise to the highest positions. <laughs> he would fail the trolley test. Guys, the fucking tech elite have this Stalinistic software in them. We must get rid of freedom of speech because some people have Tourette's. It doesn't make sense. This is illogical dogma that we're following now. It's fucking delusional people living in a paradox. Your leader cannot be loved and feared. These people act like they do this for your own good. They fucking hate you. They would rather be dead than be poor. They look at you as insects, not even cattle. These mayors, they have a god complex. They want to control your social life. This is when you can go out. I tell you what to do. You have to fear me. But I don't like my YouTube ratio being more thumbs down. Do you see this? Cuomo and Biden, they both have YouTube correct their algorithm to more thumbs up. They think they are fucking on Mount Olympus. I have to be loved and feared both. Even a goddamn store manager knows that <laughs> I will just be feared. I don't have to be friends with these fucks. It's all a result of this continuous shock therapy. <laughs> Look into MK Ultra people. I already made myself sound psycho, so I might as well dive into it. But we are traumatized subjects from birth. You grow up around the television as well. You gotta read into these things. It is declassified. It's what follows the shock that starts the new cognitive behavioral patterns. Or just listen to some Peter Gabriel. He was right. Don't you know you gotta shock the monkey? Cover me when I sleep, cover me when I breathe. When you throw your pearls before the swine, you make the monkey blind. God damn, man. You would much rather listen to wet-ass pussy, much deeper lyrics. I'll try to put some positive spin on here in the last act. You can shock your system to your advantage. Like breaking a sweat changes your mindset. Getting out of your routine, traveling, can give you a new outlook. When you watch 3,000 people fall in the first high-rise free-fall demolition ever, that creates an insane amount of trauma that is then followed up by George Bush saying, go buy shit. It is so psychologically to a T. I wish I was better at explaining it. 
singing Peter Gabriel is gonna have to suffice for my retarded 20s I don't know man we gotta keep it positive go in a sauna it's literally called heat shock proteins when you get out it feels like maybe saunas are a time machine portal to another dimension I like to reality hop <laughs> this one was called Berlin bureaucrats if I was a time traveler I would probably go to Berlin and try to get some marks <laughs> was that the currency he said to end it the unified german tax system is still in place today which keeps 85 percent of uh revenue in germany so like it's a 15 percent tax forever that germans pay to the world banking organization international mafia that was a fun chapter let's get our last one in for the day i'm liking the book it's a late night I hope you guys are hanging in there. Order one more drink. Your waitress is coming around. Chapter 8, A World of McWorld. Jihadism would have nowhere to go. They would. They can't even drink. They'd just be doing a whole lot of hookah if there were no infidels to fight against. <laughs> he got deep this chapter for the last one. It's called Action. It says, Innovation and technology are no longer bringing information. They are teaching us to memorize and not critically think. Just like the point with uh, all of these entertainment platforms are to hook you, waste your time, make you dumber. Why aren't these big-ass brained scientists making deep thought the supercomputer? How come we can't get some questions answered for us? How do we coexist? The most powerful machines, maybe can't give us the most fundamental answers because we're not asking the right questions sorry to get lao zoo on you <laughs> you know as a collective this fucking mick entertainment shit it's throwing us off the mark we're not aiming in the right direction in any politically culturally monetarily we just spend and spend a world of mick world is about consumerism and your next high it's not about asking the bigger questions exploring with others just like the decay of Sparta into lower culture, which were a bunch of blood-hungry, they threw babies off cliffs. But think about Athens. Athens was pursuing high art. <laughs> I mean, it was the smartest culture ever to its time. They invented geometry. They invented musical theory. They invented philosophy. They too fell to political tyrants and democratization. For hundreds of years, they would just vote out the government. <laughs> They would never let us do that here. Literally every year on the year, there was some festival where they would say, did your civil servants do their job this year? Do you want these people or new ones? It changes the power dynamic. What did Jefferson say? When people fear their government, there is tyranny. When government fears their people, there's liberty. Enlightenment ideas. Stems from Athens, who the best societies, the Romes, also fell to the barbarians. Barber uh, brought up video conferences reducing the need for a local congregation. He was ahead of the mark. <laughs> he never had to see Zoom school. I'm going to start calling this the Mick virus. It's perfect. It broke our rational thinking brain. Walmart and Target packed to the gills, hundreds of people, local churches and AA meetings. Done. Addicts, believers, go fuck yourself. Get into a nihilistic tailspin. Find yourself at the bottom of a bottle. <laughs> McWorld values consumerism more than community. What's the newest 
seasonal menu item of the McVirus. There's all these new strains. Oh, dude, I queered a room. I haven't been doing comedy for a fucking year now. So, uh, you know, you're not used to bombing quite as much. I was sitting around the Christmas table and we were talking about this McVirus shit. A lot of the family was going, after everyone gets the vaccine, at least we can go back to concerts. You know, there's going to be a sense of normality once again. Unfortunately, I said this, <laughs> which would just fucking cut my tongue out. I was like, don't you see that Anthony Fauci's on the news saying social distancing and mask wearing, everything has to continue with the vaccine? What is the vaccine good for then? And then I brought up how the UK variant was just found, and now there's the Andromeda strain. Literally sounds like a hippie selling weed. Dude, you want to try the Milky Way strain today? And I guess, as a culture even, not just at the dinner table, we want to ignore these bigger questions. And the real answer to that is, oh, are we going to go back to normal? Fuck no, man. Once you forego a freedom, people have to die to get it back. I'm not being fucking dramatic here. You know, these girls think it's fucking trendy. Oh, it'll be cute. I get to wear a mask for a year. A bunch of fucking 20-year-olds like me are going to have to take up arms eventually so we could stand within six feet of each other again. <laughs> Mick culture has destroyed your brain. It's the most base argument. You give government an inch and they fuck you in the ass. <laughs> There's no middle ground, man. They continuously just inch and inch and inch. Patriot Act, Trace Act. I don't want to see what's going to happen in 2030. You gotta fucking stand up. It's Ignoring it is not going to go back to normal. I will keep smoking new strains of weed and tell you if anything changes. None of that shit matters. Indica, sativa. I have grown weed too. It's fucking weed, okay? The virus. It's the flu. We eradicated the flu this year. Obviously, I haven't been this curt about all this shit, but this is the topic to do it with. Sovereignty versus medical tyranny. This motherfucker's spitting. He says, Mick World will allow all conference members access to massive databases and an information superhighway. A highway that is thoroughly policed by the state for wrong think. <laughs> How cool is it to be around the guy who's always like, Well, did you know, marmots are the smallest and they, they lay eggs. Dude, if I wanted to play Jeopardy, I would go watch old Alex Trebek episodes. Philbin Trebek, 2024. This fucking information superhighway, it's not going to be any breaking information. You guys want to know what my investigative reporter pseudonym is? Scoop, there it is. Joke used to work, no world anymore. Information superhighway, think how annoying the guy with the Neuralink is going to be. Well, actually, every single... Single thing you say, he's going to be fucking fact-checking. He's going to be able to record the past. That's not exactly how things went. We start our own Amish community. <laughs> Technology in tandem with democratic demagoguery, this fucking dogma we're being led by, is going to lead to a slave world. I'm not dressing it up anymore, no doubt. We're going to see the biggest genocide told you before, Ugears killed 3 million Muslims. If you have a jihadist mentality, you will be re-educated. It's not going to be called Auschwitz this time around. Maybe it's a FEMA camp. <laughs> Get creative. 
Did you see Greta Thunderberg? Thought she was irrelevant now. She leaked a PR packet on her Twitter. It was insane to see. It's obviously been scrubbed from the internet. But it was like, if you care to help, here's how to defuse civil unrest in India. And it was all of these resources of like blue check science, fake science about how local farming is bad for India. You got to let the combine monster machines do it for you. No more ox milk in the morning for poor Indians. Greta, she's probably getting flogged. They're making an effigy of her at the Satanist brunch this week. (laughs) Barber went as far to say technology in news media will be used as a tool of repression. Technology is just in tandem with government controlling all the resources, especially in the 2020s. You got Elon Musk, techno-Jesus, everything he says is scripture. In this era, Barber says Americans forgot confederalism. I um, My heart goes out to this word you hear. There's a lot of people out there You have an Antifa t-shirt on, but you support a fascist. You know, government overreach is your jit. These people are federalists, whereas the popular party used to be confederalism, the opposite. It's loose communal agreements, just like the guy in the About the Author. He's a communitarian. Confederalism is the American jihadism. It's a dirty word. I'm not going to be going into a interview saying yes i could consider myself an american jihadist this language cannot go to the real world people this is secret club it's a different world over there in the middle east you got the sunni and the shiites for tens of thousands of years have been squabbling in the afghani hills something they both agree on is the abolition of church and state in other countries They don't have these useful idiots that only exist in cultural Marxism who want to be controlled. In most other countries, it's fights between parties who both agree the government is there to fuck them over. Confederalism. I don't know how we get this idea back out to the masses, the fickers. Or I'm calling my fan base the Knickers. (laughs) The Knicks non-figures. We are confederalists. It entitles people to free inhabitancy with immunity from governmental bodies. No social security numbers, no income tax. The trend of McWorld, it is exponential, and the variety of freedom fighters will continue to diversify. Meet me at the Mallory Cave, Patrio Jihad. The paradigm is timeless. All of us, hopefully, in future lives and galaxies far, far away, we will once again get to watch the rebels fight the Empire. That is Jihadism versus McWorld. Thank you, Barry Barber. That was a really fun book. Maybe we pick up another... He died. (laughs) Fuck. So maybe we have to read that Mayer book. I like this idea, man. A lot of avenues to go down thought-provoking ideas and that's what we do here another nighttime edition next week get ready to rip off your desk calendar it's a new month motley crew the dirt written by neil strauss it is a redemption episode we were talking about kiss last year we we talked to mtv today there is no music there is only marketing people were shitting on kiss i'm still making memes about them and people are loving it Gotta respect anybody that can make it outside of the system. Rock stars are going to be 
one of those diversified factions. Guitar Gun, Vince, Nicky, Mickey, Tommy. These four guys are the most decadent characters of all time. They have had an experience that most humans will never obviously get to have. And they barely made it out of this machine alive. The highest highs, currently the lowest financial lows. <laughs> Do not look at pictures of the four of them. They're doing a redemption reunion tour right now. It's not pretty. They don't quite look like rock stars anymore. Let's keep it sexy. Red hot for next week. And it's Neil Strauss, the boy. <laughs> Thank you guys for entertaining some fun ideas. Jihadism. <laughs> Death to America. Lou Hawkbar. My name is Nick Buda. See you in a week. Peace.